listening to the Heartland Author Podcast. I am Aaron Apollo Camp. For this episode, I had the honor of interviewing Stephanie Jordan. Stephanie is the author of the book Believing in Boundaries, a nonfiction book about personal boundaries. I'm here with Stephanie Jordan, the author of the book Believing in Boundaries. Stephanie, welcome to the Heartland Author Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Now, feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Okay, my name is Stephanie Jordan. Um, I have published my book, Believing in Boundaries. I've been a cosmetologist for 24 years, and I'm kind of in a career shift to author, teacher, speaker. Um, I have five children that I have birthed, and then... um, I became a widow in 2014. I remarried in 2018, and he has four kiddos. So now we have nine together, and so we're a very busy family. And we have an the best dog in the world and two rescue kitty cats. Now, uh, without spoiling too much of uh, what's in your book, what is Believing in Boundaries about? And I understand it's Christian nonfiction. Yes, that's correct. So, um, basically the gist is to understand the need to have boundaries. Um, It's not so much a how-to book, like step one, step two. Um, I have built an online course that should be launching hopefully by the end of this month that will do the how-to steps, but the book is primarily about understanding that you need to have boundaries. And so um, I start out the beginning with basically showing how God uses boundaries in creation and how we're dependent on those boundaries Um, for example, if water crosses its boundaries, it becomes chaos. We have tsunamis and, um, hurricanes and tidal waves and things that create chaos when water crosses its boundaries. And so God set boundaries in creation and as image bearers of God, we also should set, um, boundaries as well and that's just a physical representation which I'm I mimic later in the book on human level but there's also relational boundaries with God as well so um, I, I use a lot of that in my book to explain the need for understanding the importance of boundaries now when you talk about boundaries are you talking about more than just personal space Oh, absolutely. Um, So boundaries can be like what you keep in as well as what you keep out of your life. So it can be relational. It can be, um, you know, all sorts of relationships, like with your boss and with friends and with church um, groups and church leadership, as well as like your spouse and your children. So pretty much every relationship you're in needs to have healthy boundaries. And if it's an unhealthy relationship, you have to get stricter and stronger with your boundaries. I like to equate them, um, as thinking about like a fence. 
nobody puts a fence up around their backyard and anybody go, oh, that's so rude. I can't believe they fenced their backyard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so we put fences, you know, you might have, um, backyard relationships where they have a lot of access to you and it's comfortable and you, you spend time together in an intimate, close relationship. And then there are other people that need to ring your doorbell before they access you. Now, although you use biblical teachings as a basis for your book, are there things that non-Christians can learn from your book? Because I understand boundaries is a concept that isn't inherently Christian. That is absolutely correct. Boundaries in themselves are um, completely neutral to any faith practice, belief system, or whatever. Boundaries are... Um, across the board, just healthy relational practices. Um, I hope that Christian, I mean, that non-Christians or non-believers could enjoy my book as well. Um, Some of the subject matter they may not fully understand. Some of them may meet a side of God that they haven't met before or haven't understood before. Um, But I would hope... um, that non-believers would be able to enjoy the book. Um, but it definitely, it definitely is biblically based and has a high, um, lean toward Christian belief systems. But I have such a heart for non-believers that I hope, um, I wrote it with the concept that a non-believer would want to read it. (laughs) Now, uh, yeah, when you were talking about water as a metaphor for boundaries, I thought you were going to go into a full recital of the Noah flood myth there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and interesting that flood myths exist in in many different cultures. I think there was a YouTube video uh, by the uh, YouTube user Real Life Lore that explain how several how there's been several different flood myths in several different human societies that are uh, hundreds or thousands of miles apart and that did not uh, interact with each other in historical times. You mean miles apart space-wise, but not years apart uh, as actually, far as time-wise? Actually, both, I believe. Okay. Um, so as a believer and as a Christian, um, my thought process with all of those things is that biblical truth stands and pretty much every other culture has either tried to mimic it or answer it in some way. So, um, I believe that there's, there's one solid foundational truth However, I believe that God can reveal himself to cultures and people in his, his way of understanding. So it's not necessarily maybe that they're wrong, um, even if it doesn't line up per se. It might just be a confusion of time and, and space. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, is Believing in Boundaries self-published or traditionally published? I'm going to get back on track here. So, I actually created a publishing company called Crossover Jordan Publishing. Um, 
and self-published Believing in Boundaries. So I'm its only employee, and my goal is to publish more books. Um, I'm already mind mapping another book um, so that it, it's kind of its own little beast, but I'm the primary c contributor. I could, however, publish other people. And people have talked to me about it. They just don't want to pay for it. They want me to do it all for free. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Now, are you planning on writing more books in the future? Or are you uh, planning on opening up your publishing company to other authors? So, primarily, um, my goal is to do author, teacher, speaker career-wise. My publishing company... Um, is really not my, my business focus. Um, so yes, I wrote a book back in 2011 called A Dose of Reality, um, that I'm actually planning to relaunch. I did that with another company, um, but I'm going to relaunch it underneath my publishing company. And then I have one book called The Warrior Wife that I have not 100% completed and partially because I think my story isn't complete. Um, and then I'm mind mapping a book I hope to start this year called Facing Your Abusers. So that all of these fall into the... Uh, quite a uh, jump from manners-related stuff to some darker content. Well, actually, they go hand in hand because at the beginning of my book, I talk about I have a great awareness of abusive relationships. Um, my ex-husband beat me up when I was pregnant with my oldest child. Um, so I'm a survivor of domestic violence. And, um, and he was an alcoholic. And he was actually kind of the beginning of me um, not knowing at all about setting boundaries. I, I didn't, that concept was not even in my brain at the time. And then my um, next husband that I had four of my kids with, he was a recovering addict and he had a relapse. He was clean when we got married, but he had a relapse about a year and a half after we got married for about a year. And that was when I started realizing my own codependency, my own lack of setting boundaries. My part of the addiction cycle was when he went to rehab for his, his drug use. And so the this whole book the believing in boundaries book has been 20 years worth of living my own life and having to learn how to set boundaries with relationships and hold boundaries in intimate relationships and so it really the facing your abusers part really is kind of a co-partner with boundaries because when you have to face people that have been abusive with you boundaries is is critical and unfortunately we are not always able to get away from people that have been abusive to us in our lives we would like to think that 
you could just cut and dry, get away, but that's really not always the case. And so I really want to touch on those people that are still having to face people that were abusive and, and how to heal from that, set boundaries. So it's kind of a co-partner in some ways, but definitely the content is going to be much, much uh, harder for sure. Mm -mm. And uh, I, I'll go into a little bit of some of my own personal stories. Now, I've never been abused, thankfully, and that is scary that you were uh, abused, especially while pregnant. Yes, it was terrifying. <laughs> Still one of the worst things I've ever been through in my life. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, my dad, uh, early, uh, early on in his adulthood, uh, was an alcoholic, and uh, my older brother would be uh, subjected to uh, his uh, uh, bad behavior uh, as uh, when he was uh, drunk. And uh, he eventually uh, sobered up and uh, he did drink occasionally uh, after I was born. But, uh, but he never returned to, to being a, an alcohol addict. Thankfully, and I'm quite thankful that uh, in the 30-ish uh, years that uh, my uh, dad and I were both alive, he died in April 2020 from a sudden uh, cardiac event. Oh, wow. Yeah, but uh, I I'm uh, forever thankful that I was never subjected to uh, my dad being an, uh, an alcoholic. It's awful. And it's devastating to watch somebody kill themselves that way. My ex actually just passed away in March of 2022 from alcoholism. He never got sober, ever. Now, uh, now one thing uh, that uh, I like about uh, writing a book, and you do not, is book editing. You dislike the book editing process, and why is that? Um, I'm not a great detail person. I am a, now I love editing and that I love sentence structure because I'm totally a word nerd. So I love sentence structure and the formation of language. Um, the Oxford comma and I have some serious relational issues, <laughs> but basically it's all detail editing is all the detail like you can literally read one sentence 15 times to try and see if it works and it actually translates so when you're writing you're writing as you speak and as you think but i need you as the reader to be able to translate what i'm saying properly. So if you think about text, the issues with texting today, like how many times do people get offended by a text because they're reading something and they're putting their own spin to it? I kind of like, I do call it the jerko meter. So if, if somebody's reading a text you sent them and they get angry at you, it's their own jerko meter that they're going by. It's not typically what the writer is saying. So with writing books, you have to think about that as well, is that everybody is going to read it from their perspective and put their own emotional quality to it. 
So it can be very difficult as a writer to translate what you're trying to say to somebody without them either twisting it or confusing it. Um, And so one sentence you could read 15 times to try and get it accurately translated to the audience. And because I'm not a great detail person, that gets really, really, really tedious. And if I was an alcoholic, I probably would have drank through the whole entire editing process. (laughs) Now, uh, I do have one final question for this interview. One interesting fact about you is that you ride your own motorcycle. What is the make and model of your motorcycle? And do you enjoy riding a motorcycle more than driving or riding in an automobile? So I have a uh, 2016 Harley Davidson Sportster 1200, um, or you can call it a Harley Davidson Sportster 48. Um, And I love her so much. So the relationship with a motorcycle is different than anything else I've ever driven. Um, with a car, you get in and out of your car, you expect it to be safe. Uh, you know, you don't think much about what is going on around you, but with a motorcycle, it, you have to be on every second. You have to pay attention to every dip in the road, every pothole, every crack, every car coming in any direction. Are they looking to even see you? Are they crossing the line in front of you? So I guess it just makes you feel really present in the moment, which I think is a beautiful thing. And the panoramic views of riding a motorcycle when you're in just gorgeous scenery is unparalleled. Cars just give you so much more frame for your vision that you can't really take in the vastness like you can with just a helmet on. And um, the wind coming through, uh, you don't think about being slapped in the face with bugs and rocks and things like that when you're in a car. So that was something new for me. I had to get used to being hit by road debris. And all of it just makes you feel so in the moment. And I, I think that's part of the thing that I love the most about it is you just feel so alive. Well, Stephanie, uh, that was my final question. So I thank you for appearing on the Heartland Author Podcast. Thank you for having me. I've so enjoyed talking with you. Stephanie was a wonderful guest for this podcast, and I hope that y'all came away with a greater appreciation for the importance of personal boundaries. This is Aaron Apollo Camp reminding y'all to write your imagination and respect others' personal boundaries. Bye for now. You can learn more about me and my book writing projects at camparenapollo.witsite.com forward slash author AAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at author AAC and on Instagram at AAC Scribe. Copyright 2023, Aaron Apollo Camp, all rights reserved.
This podcast episode is intended for the private listening of our audience. Any reuse or retransmission of this podcast episode without the express written consent of the podcast host is prohibited, except under fair use guidelines. Royalty-free music and sound effects obtained from https colon forward slash forward slash www.zapsplat.com.